1: Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI, a special edition with Dave Brown and Joita Gupta flying together. Just the two of us. No Michelle McQuig today. We have one more topic to discuss. A New Jersey man who admitted his role in a GoFundMe scam has been sentenced to five years in state prison. Mark D'Amico and two co-defendants tricked people into donating money to a homeless veteran in Philadelphia through the crowdfunding platform. They raised over $400,000. Now, that is just a teensy tiny sketch of the story. Joita, why did you want to tackle this story about crowdfunding campaigns?
0: Actually, you know, it's my husband brought the story to my attention. And it's the kind of story that I think resonates with a lot of ordinary people because everyone has at some point donated by now to a GoFundMe campaign or they think they might want to. And the story has many layers. Um, There's... So much we can talk about the different the, diff- the different sentences for the couple that was the instigator of the fraud, and they both got time in prison versus uh, the homeless person who was a party to this fraud and he was sent uh, for rehabilitation. And so I'm a big believer that you should have non-carceral solutions for vulnerable people as much as possible. So that was really important for me. But mm. I think it does open up a bigger question about what the role of platforms like GoFundMe is. Did they actually have a obligation to verify this? Because there's about 16,000 people, Dave, who contributed to this campaign and thought they were doing the right thing or were acting from the from a, a place of generosity, and they all got taken advantage of.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about responsibility, especially of a platform like GoFundMe. Because I do believe they should have to do a teensy bit, at least a teensy bit of verification or scratching. I know it would be quite difficult for them to do, but when we're talking about the opportunity for people to be scammed, the platform itself certainly has to bear some responsibility. I think we even saw that with some of the protests back in January and February, where platforms like this were potentially being used for various reasons.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And don't forget that GoFundMe gets a cut of the donation. Yeah, they sure
1: do. Yeah, they absolutely so do.
0: So that is another reason why they need to be able to verify this. And I think when you're looking at campaigns that deal with vulnerable people, if you think about the United States, for example, where they often have GoFundMe campaigns for life you know, life saving medical treatments. And what people really rely on are these heartwarming stories to try and raise money. That yes, it goes without saying that these platforms have an obligation to verify. Uh, But I think you run into a bit of a problem as to there are so many of these campaigns on GoFundMe, I'm actually at a bit of a loss as to how they might legitimately go about verifying
1: yeah, yeah. all of
0: them. Maybe they could do like a spot inspection, like maybe you verify some of them. But certainly, I think it is an incontrovertible fact that these campaigns that, that GoFundMe as, as a platform has some responsibility. But as to how they actually go about verifying the campaigns, it's beyond my pay grade. <laughs> I, I
1: almost wonder if there's a threshold, Joita, right? Like when banks are looking into money laundering or suspicious oh, money movement, they'll say, hey, there's a threshold here. So if somebody's raising a couple- couple hundred bucks, listen, even if that's for nefarious reasons, what's a couple hundred dollars? But when we're talking about Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands, yeah, that's maybe when we need to start getting some extra radars going up. Now, Joita, just because I said they have a responsibility to verify doesn't mean that I don't believe in the merits of places like GoFundMe and and crowdfunding campaigns vis-a-vis normal charities because it only takes a couple of minutes on Charity Intelligence Canada's website to see how much overhead exists in the current charity industry where money is not getting to the root problem that they're trying to solve. A lot of it's going towards fundraisers and executives. So I actually do believe there is still a strong place for crowdfunding campaigns.
0: Hey, there is, and that argument has been made many times. That's actually why people go to play, to donate on GoFundMe, just so they can avoid the overhead of going to a large charity. But I think there's a couple of things I'll say in favour of charities. One, um, a GoFundMe campaign, even if it raised let's say $400,000 for a homeless person, that does not necessarily deal with the problem on a systemic level. The hope is that when you contribute to a charity, um, you're actually contributing to solutions that mm, will impact the mm. problem on a systemic level. With that said, there is a long history of charitable giving around homelessness, around mental health and addiction treatment. And in both instances, when you look at the crowdfunding campaign, or if you look at um even the role of charities. I, I hate to say it, but I think in both of those inst- instances, we're really looking at band-aid solutions. Yes. You know, it's like food banks, Steve. Food banks were ne- or shelters, they were never meant to be permanent pr- uh, solutions to food insecurity or homelessness. And yet we're in this really problematic situation where so many people are struggling with not having enough to eat or putting a roof over their head. And so the question I will ask in response to your question is, where are our decision makers
1: at? Yeah, Juita, I agree with you completely when we're talking about what I would call systemic or structural charities that are almost institutionalized at this point as being solutions for lack of funding and lack of resources for vulnerable people. That does strike me as a big problem on a couple of different counts and I wanted a big rant about a major ice cream retailer yesterday and their uh, little special day where they were taking people's money and will eventually use it as a a tax write-off and then, you know, not contribute to the children's hospitals that they're purportedly uh, raising money for yesterday. So I'm not going to put myself in another situation like that today. But I will simply say that when we're relying on charities to solve social issues, this isn't the Rockefellers in the 1910s. We mm-hmm. live in a much different political economic setup now where we are supposed to have government institutions that are dealing with this, not charitable institutions.
0: Or crowdfunding campaigns. Or crowdfunding
1: campaigns. Yeah, absolutely. It's really
0: These are not meant to be ways to address the gaps in our social safety net. Now, I will say if you if you know if there's a, a story. The other thing around this um, is just the equity argument. Often on crowdfunding campaigns, if it's you know I don't know blonde bombshell Barbie who's getting evicted from her apartment, she might do better than the black disabled person. So there's an equity argument there oh, as sure. well because these card sure. fa- ca- funding campaigns don't help everybody in quite the same way.
1: And Joita, with, with about a minute and 30 seconds left here on the clock, here's where I come back to sort of like the, I guess you'd call it the basic dude take. Anytime you give money to anything, especially if it's something like a crowdfunding campaign or a charity, it is still incumbent upon you, the donator, to do a little bit of research, right? I mean, I, I don't want to like solely come out here and say that it's purely the responsibility of, 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 the, of the platform to stop me. I need to have a little bit of uh, scrutiny and where my money goes as well.
0: Oh, for sure. No, that's not a do-take. That's just common sense. I think that's a good idea. You know, check for the red flags. Like, and I think a lot of people don't actually know how to check for the red flags or know to distinguish credible information from information that's just out there. But that's a whole other conversation that we just don't have time
1: <laughs> no, no, we sh- we sure don't. Hey, Joita, I really appreciate you uh, going one-on-one with me today, going tete-a-tete with Michelle feeling a little bit under the weather. It was a lot of fun. I always appreciate your intelligence and insight. Have an excellent weekend. In fact, Joita, we've got about 30 seconds here before I've got to say goodbye. Give me a quick snippet of what's coming up on The Pulse this weekend, because you guys are about to start a new series.
0: Oh, that's right. I I am so glad you mentioned that. So the Canadian Foundation for Physically Disabled Persons has a permanent exhibit, which is called the Canadian Disability Hall of Fame. And they've just inducted three amazing Canadians with disabilities to the Hall of Fame. And we'll be speaking to them over the next few weeks, starting with uh, Paralympian Josh Duak today uh well next this weekend actually.
1: yeah tomorrow 3 p.m eastern time saturday's 3 p.m eastern time on the pulse on ami audio and you can also download the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform joita have a wonderful weekend hopefully no power Thank outages you. in your life <laughs> thanks a lot you've been listening to now with dave brown hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review